Welcome, everyone, to um, our uh, podcast, Location, Location, Location. And in light of the uh, COVID uh, uh, pandemic that's uh, taking place, we thought it would be appropriate to have somebody on our show that um, can help with direction for um, independent contractors and self-employed people. So uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Glenn Skolny. Uh, hi, Glenn. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, for agreeing to uh, to come on our show. Uh, we we really appreciate it. Um, Glenn's an accountant. He's uh, been a CA and partner at HG uh, HGA uh, Chartered Accountants for uh, quite a long time. It says here that you've been an accountant since 1979. Is that uh, is that right, Glenn? Absolutely, been there a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that you've been my personal accountant since 1980. So. Uh, Either uh, one of us is getting older than the other, or we're both still really young. I don't know. What do you think? That's right. That's right. <laughs> we're a lot wiser than we once were. <laughs> well, um, maybe let's uh, let's get into what you've been able to um, sort of research for us in terms of provincially and federally, um, from for you know from the perspective of um, how do these um, government um, subsidies and or you know programs help individuals maybe maybe we can talk about the province first glenn sure let me let me maybe even back up a little bit you know first of all for the normal employee where you are eligible for the ei benefit the process is fairly straightforward you know if you've been uh, laid off or if you need to avail yourself of any forms of isolation or work uh, shutdowns then you do apply for the EI benefit. That EI benefit is calculated based on 55% of your average insurable weekly earnings uh, and up to the maximum amount. The maximum amount today is 54200 So what that means is you can receive a maximum amount of $573 per week collecting EI. And is that, that now you're talking uh, just about in uh, employee status people, is that correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So now, if you're not eligible for EI, which is the bulk of our contractors and self-employed, we then cannot avail ourselves of any EI. So the government has come up with some alternate benefit packages because they've they've recognized that uh, you know there is a large number of self-employed and business owners and uh, contractors that aren't able to access the EI benefits. And they've been falling through the cracks, so to speak, and don't have any ability to gain any government assistance in this process. Like us, like, I mean, everybody, everybody in real estate, yeah. yeah. Right, everybody in real estate. And, and, of course, everybody is feeling the impact of the COVID-19 in terms of the slowdown of work and the slowdown of the retail market where people aren't coming out to see homes and they're not traveling and they're not uh sure where their employment status is so we're seeing a complete slowdown in that environment so let's have a look at what the alberta government has come up with first because the alberta government has really come up with what they've called gap funding so the federal programs are going to kick in april where they're going to have applications available but what about between now and april several individuals have you know been in the position where they've had to stay home uh, due to either being diagnosed with COVID-19 or 
or caring for other people. So the Alberta government has kind of said, okay, well, we're going to step in and we're going to provide some gap funding until the federal programs are available. So is it so is it uh, fair to say that once the federal programs are available, the provincial programs will stop? That's what we're seeing right now. Or they may come up with some new program to wrap around the feds. But today, Art, that's absolutely correct. That okay. This is to provide emergency funding, temporary funding, up to the point where uh, the federal program starts to kick off. Okay. So let's start with... Are, like, who's eligible for this thing? Yeah. Well, let's read the definition together just so we kind of get the, <laughs> the government's uh, take on, on what they say. So they're saying that anybody who has experienced a significant loss of income as a result of having to self-isolate or care for a dependent who is, in fact, self-isolating can apply. Now, they've had criteria here. So they said if you've been diagnosed with COVID-19, you're eligible. If you've had to care for a dependent who is self-isolating, you're also eligible. And if you've otherwise been directed by health authorities to self-isolate, you're also eligible. You can't be receiving compensation from any other source, employment or anything else or any other government program. So if you fit that criteria, you are eligible. Okay, all right. Some of the discussions have been that they may be relatively flexible on their definitions as well. Oh, okay. So, you know, none of this is, is etched in stone because they've got a lot of ministerial discretion on how they deem who's eligible. But so if, if the direction from any given company to their independent contractors is – you know, you need to work from home and or limit your exposure to both uh, your buyers and your sellers. Is that uh, considered a qualifying level? I think so. And, you know, it's, it's clear that, you know, if you've had to stay home even to look after children, etc., who oh, haven't okay. been able to go to school, etc., I think, you know, the, that I think has been directed by the health authorities. So they've shut down. Uh, schools, etc. So our thoughts are maybe that even is a qualifying criteria where, you know, you've had to stay home to look after kids uh, due to the, the order that schools have to close and that you're in a self-isolation order. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Because so, we, we, the reason I asked that is because just as recently as today, we received a uh, directive from uh, corporate Royal LePage uh, that says that um, we are to immediately limit our exposure to buyers and sellers on a personal uh, face-to-face level um, to uh, only as necessary. And uh, they've gone on to define it as um, they don't really see um, where it would be necessary. So they're almost, you know, saying you can't, you can't sit down with your buyers face-to-face or your sellers must be done electronically or, or through some kind of video system. Yeah, those are good points. And I think the the big concern out there is how do I show houses? I mean, yes, I can show them on a virtual tour, but I mean, most buyers want to physically go on the premise to see that house. And uh, I I think you're seeing uh, uh, a bit of reluctance there in terms of the buyers and sellers from that point of view, whether they really want to do showings, et cetera. For sure, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a big problem in in the industry. Well, let's so, so let's let's just I guess uh, go with the understanding that 
all realtors um, are uh, are potentially qualified for this program. Yeah. So let's say, okay, so now if I'm able to qualify, what do I do to get some money out of the government, of course, becomes the next question. Right, Right. Well, the application, along with the criteria, are available on alberta.ca. So go to the internet, log on to alberta.ca, and you will see an application form. In addition to that, once you've confirmed your eligibility, you'll have to create a verified My Alberta Digital ID, which is required to complete the application. Right. Of course, bureaucracy. So as part of the process, they're going to ask for your driver's license, any form of ID cards they can to confirm your identity and and match everything up so that they don't get fictitious claims. Right. So once you have confirmed your identity, you can complete then the emergency isolation support application is the formal name. Okay. Okay. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah. So last, what the heck do I get? So if I qualify, what am I going to receive from the government? Well, qualifying applicants will receive a one-time payment of $1,146 through Interact eTransfer. Wow. And, well, <laughs> I have to laugh because how did they come up with that number? What the heck? <laughs> good, good question. And you Look, know, they, Say it again. Say it again. $1,146 through Interact eTransfer is what they're proposing to do. Wow. But again, this is really just to fit the gap between now and April 1st when the federal program should be available. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's kind of the, oh, and if you need assistance uh, with the application form, of course they say you can call Service Alberta Contact Center right. at 310-4455. <laughs> Good luck with that because yeah. I'm sure that <laughs> getting through will be like winning the lottery. Uh, being on hold is actually, uh, I think it's uh, considered now the new national pastime uh, to help uh, take up, you know, to, to you know things to do. Just go on hold, phone a bank, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So let's maybe move forward then. Sure. What happens after April 1? Yeah. What is the next process available, again, to self-employed or people not eligible for EI funding? Well, the feds have been talking about a couple of programs back and forth. Nothing really received royal assent until March 25th. So March 25th, uh, Bill C-13 came out finally with royal assent, and they did, in fact, basically combine two programs that were talked about into one program. So that one program is now going to be called the Emergency Response Benefit. Okay. So that emergency response benefit program basically combined emergency care benefit that you heard about, emergency support benefits described in previous communications. Those are, again, now going to be combined. The good news is the eligibility was broadened because it was fairly narrow like the province to begin with. But now they're saying that, you know, again, if you're – infected again if you have to stay home to take care of children due to school closures um, any of that stuff now you are going to be eligible for this new program program says that 
you know, um, you have to be 15 years or older. So really a 16 year old can even qualify resident of Canada, typical. And of course, some financial criteria. So for 2019 or any 12 month period preceding you make the application, you have to have at least $5,000 of income from self-employment or employment or EI benefits if you're on a maternity leave or any other maternity type allowances from the province. So not tough to qualify, which is really good. Mm -hmm. So once you qualify, you're an eligible worker and you are able to, uh, in fact, apply. Now, interestingly enough, they also said it's available to someone who was employed but is not being employed because there was not sufficient work now, or their employer asked them not to come to work. Can, can I clarify? Can I ask a clarifying yeah. question? So this now this applies to employee status or and or um, um, independent contractor self or a small business or what, what's the Absolutely. category? Yes. Yeah. So they, you know, they said that they, their employment, you know, in, in this terminology, but in fact, in fact, uh, wage earners and self-employed individuals, including contract workers who are not eligible for conventional EI, are qualified. Okay, so, so even though they've been shut down, you know, they may not be formally terminated. Right, of course. But there's insufficient work for them, or their employer has asked them not to come to work. So and we, I think that's where a lot of our, 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 our in fact, commissioned salespeople course. fall in, where there's not sufficient work for them to go to work. And or a LePage has, has asked them Royal LePage. not Royal Page has asked them not to come to work. <laughs> See now, now that LePage. shows you're old, buddy. Because that, that, <laughs> that really shows that, I'm old. That, that name hasn't been around for 20 years. But uh, so so we could say we could say that 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 the federal funding is it, uh, we can eliminate salaried employees, uh, hourly employees from this particular uh, assistance, correct? Yes. Okay. This is all yep. about, even though when they say employment, they're really talking about contract workers I get it. Yep. being employed uh, and, and subcontracted individuals being, quote, employed. But in fact, this is, this is only available if you cannot qualify for EI. Okay. Yeah, so no, that, standard that worker, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And they what, are talking what, about part-time workers, piecemeal workers, contract workers. Yeah. They're trying to cover the whole gamut to make sure that nobody uh, basically falls between the cracks. And what's it called again? Just just so uh, what's it called again? The... So it is called an emergency response benefit. Okay. ERB, emergency response benefit. Oh, thank God, another acronym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now... The worker, whether employed, self-employed, etc., must cease to work for reasons related to COVID-19 for at least 14 consecutive days within the four-week period in respect of which they apply. So technically, you know, you are supposed to self-isolate and you are supposed to, quote, cease work. Okay. Now, you know, I, I think they're going to be somewhat soft on that area is what we've heard that, you know, if you're working from home and you're basically just trying to, uh, you know, keep things floating, uh, you know, you're probably really not working in any significant capacity. No, and, 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 and the direction from the corporation and even from, you know, from our own company is, you know, um, work from home. And um, 
as little contact as possible. So I, I, I think it's pretty evident that, uh, that that realtors qualify for that. Yeah. And, you know, also important to know that, again, workers or contractors that terminate for any reason, don't renew their license, anything like that, oh, okay, voluntarily yeah. are not eligible. Oh. So you don't want to remove yourself from the, quote, business or agency or licensing because then you're not eligible. Okay, good point. Yep, so yep. You cannot voluntarily just shut down and say, I'm not going back. You have It has to be temporary. Okay. Okay. So if I qualify, again, the big question, what's the government going to pay me or what do I get? Well, the support payments can be up to a maximum of 16 weeks now okay. before they said 15 weeks. So they're expanding. Mm-hmm. The amounts are, quote, determined by the minister, (laughs) but they are up to $2,000 per month. So before they talked about $900 every two weeks, now they're talking about up to $2,000. So they're slowly expanding some of the the time frames and the numbers. And, you know, interestingly, the, the discretion that was given to the minister at the last sitting of the House which we are always arguing about, is they're able to change this on the fly. Oh. They don't have to go back and, and go to the House of Commons and vote. They don't have to have you know detailed uh, legislation. They can simply adjust as they see fit. That's interesting. Well, and, and that's a lot of it because of emergency response, right? So if right. they have to extend this program, if they have to increase it, if they have to change the criteria, they're saying – they're going to do that under the emergency provisions. So interesting. Yep. Well, one thing of, of just side note is those payments that the minister will be making are not garnishable. So if you're behind in a loan and somebody gets a judgment against you, they can't garnish you this benefit. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. So it is, so, so it is a. So now is, a, this, is this benefit? Sorry to interrupt, but is yeah. this benefit uh, repayable? No, this is, as far as we know, there's no repayment uh, required on it. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it should be, um, you're able to keep the dollars and not have to have any repayment process at this point in time. Wow. Any income, uh, are there any income um, qualifications or just the fact that you're uh, your independent contractor? Uh, what they've said is that as long as you've, you know, you can meet the test that you've had five thousand dollars from self-employment last year in the last twelve months, yep. you're qualified to apply. Oh wow! Okay. So very low. I mean, you could be a part-time realtor coming into the market, an individual who's just started off in the market, and as long as you've got that five thousand dollars of of self-employed income or commission income over the last twelve months, you're you're good to go. Okay. So very, very, very easy qualifications, and I think they wanted it that way. And that is something that would start on February the, or sorry, February, April the first. Um, and can it be applied for ahead of time? No, unfortunately. Yeah. So okay, here's kind of what their application process is like, and I'm just going to read to you off uh, their their existing criteria. They're saying a worker may apply for income support for any four week period following between the period. March 15th and ending October 3rd, 2020. So payments are made every four weeks. 
Canadians will begin to receive their payments within 10 days of application, so right. fast. Mm-hmm. The rest of the application process has not yet been determined, but will be available <laughs> the first week of April. You know, typical government. Right. We're going to pay you beginning March 15th, but of course, we haven't even got the applications prepared, so uh, you can't apply until the first week in April. Okay. And they've said that consistently, that they... Uh, they're going to have to ramp up this program and they're going to have applications available April. And that's why the province came up with that gap funding to hopefully get you through to April uh, until you can start receiving federal program money. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well, that's um, that's some very, very good information. And thank you. Thank you very much for uh, reviewing that uh, for us and researching it. But now that I have you on the phone, I'm, I'm going to going to ask you just a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. I know you got a meeting oh, coming sure. up right away. So, uh tell me your uh tell me your insight or or, or I should say what, what's your opinion on um the rebound? What what do you see economically when we get to rebound? That depends on duration. Duration is what we've all been worrying about. You know, if this duration is for 3 weeks, or 30 days, the thought process now is that the bounce back is going to come back uh, very strong and people are going to want to get out of the house. They're going to go wanting to look at houses. They're going to look, going to want to go shopping again. There's going to be that pent up demand and people who are returning to jobs are, are not going to be um, uh, hard done by and are going to be able to come back fairly quickly. If, on the other hand, this lasts three months or more, we're very concerned about the long-term economic impact. Yeah. And, of course, here in Alberta, uh, we're fighting two fronts. It's not just COVID-19. We're seeing dramatic impact from the oil patch fallout of the price war between the Saudis and Russia. And, you know, when a package of cigarettes now costs more than a barrel of western canadian select oil oh, goodness <laughs> i never thought i would see the day yeah no and that was my second question is um how important is the recovery of oil for for albertans it's it's very important because you know all of these companies have uh capital expenditure programs uh each year and they have debottlenecking and there's still uh, in situ wells being drilled and uh, there's still activity, and if that stops, uh, we're going to see another level of, of 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 income reductions for people when they can least afford it. Yeah, that's uh, that is so unfortunate. Well, Glenn, you know uh, your insight has been invaluable, uh, and thank you so much for taking the time uh, during this uh, you know this crazy crazy uh, crisis that we're in and. Hopefully you and your family stay well, and uh, we'll chat uh, as we do every other day <laughs> to, make, <laughs> to make sure that, to make sure everything's still okay. And uh, and uh, once again, th- uh, thank you so much, Glenn. It's ah, been, thanks, it's, Art, for having the opportunity to to share some of the knowledge and some of the information that's been flowing, so that hopefully people will have at least some access to to where to go find resources, where to make applications, and how to move forward. And just one last comment. We didn't talk sure, about sure. you know, mortgage <clears throat> deferrals, utility payment deferrals, 
deferrals of lease payments on vehicles, but certainly those are all available to uh, individuals who aren't eligible for EI as well. And, and you want to be looking at that to preserve cash and to be able to you know, meet your cash flow needs. Very good point. And, and so you're, you're saying if there's a deferral, take it uh, to maintain a cash flow uh, uh, that's, that's, that, that you can control. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, awesome. Thanks very much, Glenn. And uh, take care. And we'll talk soon. Sounds great. Thank right. you again. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.